Jesus washed all my sins away. But since that day, since that very hour, my God is real, for I can feel His holy power. Oh, God is real. He's real in my soul. My God is real, for He's washed and made me whole. His love for me is like pure gold. My God is real, for I can feel Him in my soul. Oh, God is real. He's real in my soul. My God is real, for He's washed and made me whole. His love for me is like pure gold. My God is real, for I can feel Him in my soul. Now some folks may doubt, some folks may scorn. Oh, can desert me and leave me alone. But as for me, I'll take God's part. My God is real, but I can feel Him in my heart. Oh, God is real. He's so real in my soul. My God is real, for He's washed. He's made me whole. His love for me. that I just cannot go, but this one thing that I surely know, my God is real, but I can feel Him in my soul, oh God is real, He's real in my soul, my God is real, for He's washed and made me attention tonight to the book of Leviticus something I feel very necessary for this church tonight and I'd be doing you an injustice if I did not preach this message tonight Leviticus chapter number one And the first verse. And the Lord called unto Moses and spake unto him out of the tabernacle of the congregation, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel and say unto them, If any man of you bring an offering unto the Lord, ye shall bring your offering of the cattle, even of the herd, and of the flock. If his offering be a burnt sacrifice of the herd, let him offer a male 
without blemish. He shall offer it of his own voluntary will at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation before the Lord. And he shall put his hand upon the head of the burnt offering and it shall be accepted for him to make atonement for him. And he shall kill the bullock before the Lord and the priest Aaron's sons shall bring the blood and sprinkle the blood round about upon the altar that is by the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And he shall flay the burnt offering and cut it into his pieces. I want you to pay very careful attention and notice the three he's. He shall put his hand upon the head of it. He shall kill it and flay it. Second Corinthians the seventh chapter and the tenth verse. Second Corinthians seven and ten. For godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation. Not to be repented of, but the sorrow of the world worketh death. I want to talk to you tonight about an altar and what an altar means in the church. And I want to preach on being a partaker of the altar, being partakers. Partakers. Everybody said partakers. Being partakers of the altar. In the name of the Lord, if you won't fall asleep. Hallelujah. I want to talk to you to something about something tonight that is very valuable. often so neglected and that is about an altar how many can ever remember going to an altar spending time at that altar and seeking and praying until God answered your prayers and got a hold of your heart. And I know an altar tonight is a place where a sinner prays through. I am aware it is a place that you come in contact for the first time with the Lord and have access to heavenly things. But I want to remind you tonight, I'm sure you've heard it over and over again, that an altar is more than just a place for the sinner to come and pray through. An altar is a place that we come from time to time and time again and keeping a state of repentance, a mind and a heart and an attitude that's a repentant attitude that always comes back to the altar, not only to renew the vows and the commitments, but to fall in love all over again with this great, wonderful God that we serve. A place that we cry out and shed tears. A place that our carnal mind comes under subjection to the will of God. I want you to know that an altar is something very valuable because God is challenging everybody here tonight to do more than just come to an altar, but to be a partaker of the altar.
a partaker of the altar. And I know tonight that there is a certain plan in God's word that God had commanded his people that when they built their altars, when they attempted to offer a sacrifice to God, there was commandments that was given according to the law and when they went into Canaan's land that uh, I don't want none of your tools. I don't want none of your plans. I don't want your altars to be like the heathen altars. But you just get you some simple stones that are unhewn, that have no graving on it, engraving, no um, carving, and get you something very plain, an altar of earth, and there give a sacrifice to the Lord. I don't need your iron tools. I don't need your craftsmanship. I don't need your ability to build me, amen, a step to uh, four flights of stairs to an altar that's uh, covered with gold and uh, that represents some uh, heathen god and step by step you get closer but I want my altars to be an altars of the ground of the earth that when you come and you offer the sacrifice to keep you in a place of humility and lowliness and aware that you're nothing without God you need this kind of altar amen and I'm aware tonight night uh, that all an altar is uh, in a lot of religions uh, all it is is just uh, a golden steps uh, and a golden stairway uh, up to uh, an altar that is uh, constructed uh, of valuable materials uh, and stones and gold uh, that uh, attract tourists by the thousands uh, to look and stare in amazement uh, at what man has built in the great cathedrals that uh, in the great chapels uh, and the crosses that have been overlaid with gold and on images and crosses. But I want to tell you something tonight. An altar just may be a piece of furniture in a Masonic lodge. It may be a table stone in some religions. Amen. They may have a statue of Buddha and a place they can go and afflict themselves. But I want you to know something tonight. An altar to the church, it represents a place of sacrifice and death and submission and the altar I'm talking about is the door of repentance that when you come to this altar it's a place that you begin to pour out your heart and repent of your sins because your only way into the church I said the only door into God's kingdom is the door of repentance and at that door you will make yourself an altar I'm talking more than just a carpeted uh, altars here tonight but I'm talking about a place where you come in contact and you call on God and you repent of your sins I'm talking about something that John the Baptist preached I'm talking about something that the apostle Peter preached I'm talking about something that the apostles reinforced it and backed it up and we preach it tonight the only way into the church is through repentance hallelujah I said the only way into God's kingdom you can't come through a window hallelujah because this church has got main doors right there that you come in and out when you come to service you don't crawl through no window you don't come through no crawl area but you come through the main door hallelujah and I'm here to tell you tonight your only way into the church is through the main door of an altar of sacrifice and repentance that brings godly sorrow sorrowful for your sins sorrowful for your condition and bringing down the favor of God oh I mean bringing down the favor of God bringing down the power of God bringing down a relationship with Jesus Christ yes a divine relationship that you walk with him but I want to tell you something you'll never amount to nothing when you lose your altar and leave your altar because God is calling you to repentance. Amen. 
It's a place of vow and consecration, dedication. Represents death. You heard the story. About the chicken and the pig that felt sorry for the poor farmer, didn't have no food. You all heard this? Maybe some of you haven't. The chicken said, why don't we give him a ham and egg breakfast? And the pig said, well, that's pretty easy for you to say. Because all you're doing is giving him a contribution. I've got to give a total commitment. I've got to commit. This is it. I'm going in the frying pan. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. There's a lot of folks that can cackle in our day. I said they can cackle and pray, but they never learn how to repent. They never learn how to call on God. They never step at the door into the church. Hallelujah. I thank God that there is a door into this church. And I want to tell you something, friend, that your only way in here tonight is to come and get yourself in the frying pan, if you please, and let God cook your goose and get right with him and sell everything you've got. Praise God. I want you to know tonight there is genuine joy in repentance. There is genuine happiness in repentance because every step toward God you make, every sin you repent of, everything you throw out in the trash and get closer to God, you're getting closer and closer and closer and build your Christian life around an altar. If you can come and shout and dance and feel good, don't forget that it begins at the altar of supplication and seeking the face of God. Oh, how we need to be partakers of the altar. How we need to get involved in our closet of prayer. How we need to commune with our God and soul searching, soul stirring, of making sure everything is out of the way and staying at the door of repentance. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. I thank God for somebody that's older in their years that never heard this gospel and they get the Holy Ghost. That thrills me. I said that thrills me. But I want to tell you something tonight. There is not such a thing as deathbed religion in the Bible. I said there's no deathbed religion. No deathbed repentance. And all so many folks. I said they run from the church. They make fun of the church. But when something comes their way. And they're just about ready to die. Who do they call for? They call for the Pentecostal preacher. I said who do they call for? They call for the apostolic men of God. Hallelujah. Get me right before God. Get me right before God. I can't repent for you. I said a preacher can't repent for you. A preacher can't turn you all the way around. He can amen, shell out and dish it out to you. But you've got to put everything he preaches, friend, and take it to the altar and start letting it get in your involvement and strip you of some things in the world and life that you can be pleasing in the sight of God. Hallelujah. Because God don't want no deathbed repentance. God don't want something that's worn out, that's been through the mill and they're limping and all they've done all their life is curse God and mock God and made fun of God. And when they get old on the deathbed, well, I think I better give all my wrinkles to the church and the Lord. I want to tell you something. The Bible said to present, I beseech you therefore, brethren, and by the mercies of God, present your body a living sacrifice. A living sacrifice. 
living sacrifice. A living sacrifice. God wants something that's alive, that's feeling good, that he can work through and use. Hallelujah. Let's worship the Lord. Praise God. There was in Athens, Greece, an idol known as Saturn. They called him the monster. I wish I could see a picture of this idol. But it says that his arms are either folded, his arms and his hands cuffed. And of course this many, many years ago, and fire like a barbecue coming up out of the palm of his hands. He said that these superstitious folks would take little babies and children and give them and place them in the hands of Saturn thinking they were giving a sacrifice to God. You'd be surprised today, friend, if we could sit down and tell you about all the superstition and all the sacri animal sacrifices, even right this night on witches' night, the coals of the witches and the sacrifice. I even heard a rumor one place, uh, amen, that some even still believe in practicing human sacrifice. Uh, and they cover up so well. How do you hear me tonight, friend? Uh, I want to tell you something. Uh, we can come to an altar. Uh, I said we can come to an altar. Uh, you don't bring your, you don't give the firstborn of your soul or your child, uh, but you come, friend, uh, and give yourself. Uh, I said give yourself. God's people were building altars a long time ago. First thing Noah did when he got out of the ark, he built an altar. I said he killed one of those animals right when he got out of the ark to find favor with God. They always built altars. Abraham, Jacob, Isaac. Why did they do it? To find favor with God. To find favor with God. Hallelujah. You want favor with God. It'll be in an old-fashioned altar of self death repentance i said repentance you'll find favor with god Amen. and it was not uncommon for them to build an altar anywhere at any time hallelujah i think it's time to get a sacrifice and to build me an altar because God's been so good to me. You know the Bible says the goodness of God that leadeth thee to repentance. It's God's goodness that brings you to repentance. And they could build an altar anywhere they wanted to. I want to tell you something. God was fixing to change the, the tide though. Because when God gave the man of God, the law, God restricted the building of altars. 
I said God restricted that man building their own altars because different men had different ideas about bringing fruit of the ground, the first thing of the flock, vegetables. Not everybody would bring a sacrifice that was required. And God said, now I'm giving you a tabernacle in the, the wilderness. And right at the entrance of this tabernacle, the outer court, I'm putting me an altar. It's not much. It's just a seven and a half uh, feet square, wood overlaid with brass, a horn on each corner. And uh, now this is the altar, amen, where every sacrifice was going to be brought. Nobody could build an altar in their back porch no more. Nobody could build an altar in the front yard and the high places like the heathens did. But now if anybody wanted to get close to God, his people, they had to come to the door of the tabernacle. Amen. In fact, after that, he gave this commandment and requirement. I hope I'm not, amen, uh, putting some of you uh, on different uh, uh, daydream about something tonight. I hope I can get your attention and keep, and keep keep you in this right thought tonight because I'm taking you somewhere. If you don't stay with me now, it's going to be hard for you to digest what I'm going to be saying in about 10 or 15 minutes. Uh, hallelujah. Because we're fixing to get, praise God, pretty, 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 pretty narrow. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Pretty down to earth and gritty. Hallelujah. But anyhow... Nobody could build an altar no more in the backyard. In fact, after the law of the altar, God said, if anybody be of the house of Israel that offers a sacrifice and brings it not, and brings it not, and brings it not to the door of the tabernacle, that man shall be cut off. What are you saying, God? I'm giving you, church, a beautiful type of faithfulness to the house of God. That whatever you're going to bring to God and use for God, you're going to have to bring it to the door. You're going to have to bring it to the sanctuary. You're going to have to bring it to the gate. If you don't and stay out there and build your altars anywhere you want to, there probably won't be the right kind of altar. Anyhow, I said there won't be the right kind according to God's law anyhow I'll cut you off but thank God tonight we can bring it to the door of the tabernacle hallelujah that old brazen altar thank God that they brought many offerings I mean there was the meat offering there was the drink offering hallelujah they made and cooked and prepared meat offerings and they didn't get out leftovers friend they got the best flour amen they got the best ingredients when they brought it that they would put it on that altar and find favor with God a sweet smelling savor unto the Lord they didn't have time to bring God leftovers but they brought God the best that they had and these folks were always having to bring something if they wanted to stay in touch with God who do we think we are and who do you think you are that you can get by in this hour in this day I don't care if the entire church world tells you that you don't have to repent of your sins as getting in the church. This accepting business is from hell. You have to get down your face before God and begin to repent, 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 repent. Repentance means if you're going north, go south. It means a change of heart. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Oh, let's love him. Hallelujah. Oh, God. Oh, yes. And fire always had to be burning on this altar. Hallelujah. And there was a couple boys, they were, hallelujah, the priest's sons.
one day and thought they could bypass the right fire, bypass the altar, and go into the holy place and try to offer incense before the Lord. But my Bible says God struck them dead and even told their dad, Aaron, don't you even shed one tear. Don't even you weep over this situation. And they've transgressed. That's right. They've come into the presence of God intoxicated. They've got no right. Amen. They bypassed the altar. I want to tell you there's strange doctrines in our day. I said there's some strange ideas floating through the land. There's some strange ideas about you don't need a pastor. All you need to do is just belong to some house-to-house fellowship business. You don't have to have no yoke of authority and restraint. Let's just have church over here so-and-so, and then other night we'll have church over here. Let's not put nobody under restraint and a yoke of bondage, and let's just have service wherever we want to. I want to tell you something. God put a church, and God put a sanctuary, and God put a pastor, a man of God, to look over you that they can watch for your soul. And the Bible said to obey them that have the rule over you. There's some strange fire being offered up in our day. Oh, yes. But I want to tell you, if you want your sins forgiven, if you want to get right before God, I want to tell you, but right in looking into your heart tonight, you're going to have to get, fall in love with an altar, fall in love with a preacher, fall in love with your Bible, fall in love with the things of God, and find God's favor, and find something for God for yourself. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'm talking about an altar tonight. Living sacrifice. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You mature saints and saints with seniority, this is just as much to you tonight as anybody else. Hallelujah. Your altar is just as much important as the one that's looking to the door tonight that's never walked through it. Hallelujah. Because if you grow stale in your altar, you're not a partaker of your altar. I want to tell you something. The door may slam in your face one day. That's right. That's right. We got to be a partaker. I said, you got to be a partaker. That means get involved when you get down and pray. Mean what you say. Mean what you say. Hallelujah. And God put all that in the Old Testament to show us it's good for today too. If you bring something to God, it's got to come through the door. It starts at the door. Repentance. Now, if I can just use my imagination just for a minute or two. This man, we're dealing with the law of burnt offerings, which was an offering brought out of the own voluntary will. Bring it to God. That one day, he went out, began to look at his pasture. And when those old cows, those old bullocks saw the boss man coming out, and there's old Mabel out in the pasture, you better scatter and get your husband out of here. You better tell Henry to hide behind the barn because boss man's out here. And I got a fixing, I got a feeling he's fixing to, to go to do the house of God. You better tell Martha to get her husband out here because with the, the, the looks in his eyes, looks like he's looking for the fattest, the most plump, I mean the most ripe. He's looking to take something to those old priests of that altar. And oh, I don't know, every time somebody leaves our pasture, they never come back. Well, Mabel's fixing to lose Henry. Hallelujah. 
because the boss man's looking out on the pasture in the field and he starts looking around for a specimen. Oh, I woke up this morning. I want to go to the house of God. I want to go to the altar. I want to bring something to God. I'm not living right. I'm not thanking God enough. Amen. I'm living in sin and I want to bring God an offering. Oh, let me go out and see what I can uh, muster up and get to the altar today. And he goes out and begins to look and he looks and he looks and uh, oh, they're running around the barn. They're trying to, they, they can't fit in, a, and those little big bulldogs can't fit in those little squirrel holes and rabbit holes. And all of a sudden he finds a good specimen. Hallelujah. I found him. There he is. Look at him. Doesn't he look healthy? Wake up, brother, sister. Doesn't he look refreshed? Come on, Henry. Come on, Henry. Hallelujah. Stand up. Just stand there for a few minutes. I like the way he gives himself. The way that he worships the Lord. Sacrifice. And I think he'd be something good to bring to the altar. To bring it to my God. God, because I'm fixing to find favor. Hallelujah. A lot of folks want to repent, but they don't want to repent when uh, they've got to really get down to business and really repent. And he grabs them by the arm. And uh, brother, get for me Psalms 118, verse number 27, and hold it there. He brings it here, takes it down the streets, and brings it to the east gate, and brings it to the tabernacle, and there the priests are, tending to their daily business. And uh, here he is, a 2,000-pound bullock. 2,000 pounds. Why in the world do you want to bring that? When man, you could have your relatives over, your friends, and have yourself a barbecue. You think of the entertainment. Just think of all the meat. Just think of all you could get out of this. But you're going to take it to the altar and get rid of it. Is that what you're going to do? That's repentance. I said, that's repentance. That's repentance. Hallelujah. Now here, preacher, priest, I got one for you. He's all yours. I'm bringing him to God today. And uh, he's a mighty fine specimen. He's a little over 2,000 pounds, 102, not much. But he's in good shape, a lot of muscle. And I believe it's what uh, him and Mike change the attitude around here today when you give this to the Lord here he is and uh, we'll see you maybe a month or so later and the priest says you wait a minute where are you going don't you know what the law says you're bringing this to God then you got to obey what the word says first of all you've got to lay both hands on those horns stick your horns out and you've got to say a prayer and make your request God I'm bringing this to you today it's a fine specimen Mabel lost a good husband but oh I want to find favor with you today I want to repent I want to please you who cares about Mabel amen The way the spirit of the day is, maybe won't get anybody any help. Oh my, how to get off on that? All right, 
I confess it, preacher. Here he is. Good day. Hats off to you. He says, wait a minute. Where are you going? Don't you believe what the Bible says? Now, you've got to kill this thing. I've got to kill it. I thought that was the preacher's job. You know, the doctrine of Catholicism have been adding doctrines ever since they began early, early, hundreds of years ago. It wasn't until 1215 A.D. that confession to the priest was put in there and added to their doctrine. They existed for hundreds of years before they even said, now it's time for you to come in a little booth and confess your sins. Let the priest take care of it. Let the preacher take care of it. Go on your way. I want to tell you something. I want to paint you a picture of repentance tonight that you won't forget it. I said that you won't forget it. That's right. You're going to hurt Mabel's feelings, but if you're going to find favor with God, somebody's got to go. Something's got to die. I said something's got to die. Well, they even said in Jewish tradition that when they brought those animals up, friend, they wrestled, they were restless, they knew something was cooking, and they knew exactly who was going to be cooking. You kill it. All right. Not easy to kill a 2,000-pound bullock. You got to imagine now he's 50 times bigger than me. And he's growling. He's slobbering. Even looked over and spit at me. And don't get any ideas. That's right. That's right. Okay, you got to kill him. Where's my knife? Where's my knife? This illustration. This is illustration week. Well, this is the only knife I got. Okay, here goes, 2,000 pound animal. <laughs> animal looks over. All right. I'll use the other end. Well, wait, I might break it in half. This is the way some people repent. When they should have a machete to kill the old man, they bring a little fork, a little knife. All they do is kind of tickle it, kind of play with it, kind of pepper it. That's the kind of repentance that the world's bringing forth tonight. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. But I want to tell you something. You better listen to the law of the house tonight. If you're going to repent, you're going to have to get the switchblade out and the machete out and start hacking away if you want to please God. All right, Henry. Farewell. What's the Bible say? I believe that. I believe that. Not lies, light, right? Okay, praise God. I'm just right there. Do what? How? With cords. Okay, hold on. Keep reading. Unto the horns of the altar. Bind the sacrifice unto the horns of the altar. Tied up. I don't care if it kicks or it screams or it pleases. Please for his life. Tied up and start hacking away. Start killing. Hallelujah. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. 
you mean? I thought that when I come to God, I could just stick my television in a box and put it up in the attic in case I change my mind six months later. Ladies, I can, you can keep your pets for another year. Pack them away somewhere in case you change your mind. That's not repentance. I said that's not repentance. I was preaching at one place. This is kind of humorous, but it's true. I was hacking away at TV one night, and Pastor said we was the first evangelist ever preached on television in his church. But I don't care. Praise God. The world knows it's wrong. Why shouldn't we preach it? They just don't do nothing about it. Preaching on one night, and this Simone fellow come up afterwards, Simone or whatever he was, Filipino. And he said, you know God convicted me tonight. Uh, I said, it's got the Holy Ghost. I haven't really been watching television, but it's there in my room. And, and he said, every morning before I go to work, I confess I had to watch Popeye. I couldn't make it without Popeye. But you know what he did the next night? He brought that old abomination in the back of a pickup truck. And they got their old eight-pound sledgehammer out. They didn't try to put it on the market. They was getting ready to kill it. Hallelujah. I said, they was getting ready to pound it to pieces. I want you to know this is repentance. I said this is repentance. I want to tell you something. I tied up some books and some rock albums and some sin and some articles of clothing. I burned them. We had a bonfire one night and I want to tell you something. I've been happy ever since. Hallelujah. It's time you come and bind the sacrifice and quit petting around with sin. Quit packing away in the closet and put a knife to it. Kill it. Repent of it. Get right before God. Give you one more chance, Henry. Praise God. Thank you, brother. Hallelujah to God. Praise God. You come down the altar, you pray, you dance for a while, and you go back. Amen, you're not changed. Amen, your heart's all hard tonight. It's because you never killed. You've got your bullock tied in the closet somewhere. That's right. You're preserving it. You're keeping it around. Hallelujah. This is what you're trying to do. Oh, God. Amen. Forgive me for going to the movies tomorrow night. Forgive me, God, for being rebellious when the pastor gets too hard on me. Forgive me, God. Why don't you kill? that spear on the altar. Why don't you forsake your friends and fall in love with an altar and be a partaker of it and get a hold of the almighty God. Say goodbye to the world. Say goodbye to sin. Get rid of your filthy rotten books. Get rid of your filthy rotten joy. Get rid of your filthy rotten idols and start making your house a house of prayer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus said, Jesus said, not me. Jesus said, there's joy in heaven over one that shouts. Jesus said, there's joy in heaven over one that makes it to church three nights in a row. Hallelujah. But no, there's joy in heaven. I said there's joy in heaven. Hallelujah to God. You know what brings the glory of God down in an altar service? It's when folks are genuinely repenting. Not when they're petting with the problems. I said not when they're petting with the problems, but when they get down to business. Hallelujah. I want to tell you something. Television will send not only you to hell, but your children to hell. I said it'll put them out in the streets and reproduce in their lives what they see on the screen. I want to tell you, amen, they don't understand that I don't even watch it at the mall. It's been almost 12 years and I've been pretty well off without it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Praise God, I'm glad I can preach this in Hutchinson because it's easy to preach it here, but some places, oh, they don't like to tie up with cords the things of the world and bind all people's freedom and their rights. You don't have no rights. There's no, I'm going to tell you something. Democracy is a worldly spirit in God's church. Democracy is not in God's church. You're run by the ministry, friend, and if you'll fall in love with it and kill your rotten, stubborn pride and give up the world and come to an altar and start shedding some tears, come on now, come on now, come on now. It's time to repent. Some of you spent more, as much time praying as you did playing Pac-Man, you'd get closer to God. Hallelujah. 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 We got to put up a fight because my boys don't play the video games. I said, my boys don't play the video games. And some don't understand why, and we just got to send them down the tables where we go, and they do. But I don't care. God put it in my heart, and it's going to stay there. I killed it in the altar, and it's going to stay dead. I'm going to get the knife out if it tries to rise up again. Hallelujah. Because I'm learning how to be a partaker of the altar. I don't need no devil's den atmosphere to take my children. That's what the world... Amen, parents. You need to know what your young people's doing. You need to know what kind of music they're listening to. You need to know where they are. Hallelujah. Because some of you got your children in that monster's arms and you're giving them to the world. They're in his hands. They're sacrificed to the world and the world's taking over them. You need to get them back down to where Jehovah is, where the God, amen, of the new life is and pray them through, get them right again. Hallelujah. I want to tell you something. Get quiet if you will. I'm going to preach it anyhow. Hallelujah. I know Brother Elder is. I know a bunch of you are, but there's some of you not. Hallelujah. I'm trying to save your soul tonight. I said, I'm trying to save your soul. I'm trying to pluck you from the fires of this world. I'm trying to get you in a Holy Ghost fire that'll purge you. Hallelujah. You're not going to get nothing from God until you, amen, pursue after it. Because the violent are going to take it by force. They're going to get in an altar, and they're not going to pity pat around, but they're going to take it by force. They're going to hold on. Hallelujah. Amen. Until they get what they need. Oh, God, I'm going to hold Hold on to the horns of the altar. Hallelujah. For the priest took that blood and placed it on the horns in a place of power. I can grab on that horns. It's bloody and powerful. Until I get the answer, I'm going to forget on my knees. I've been here for years, but I'm tired of my life. I'm tired of the normal routine. I'm tired of this, the same old winter, the same old spring, the same old summer, the same old fall, and the next same all winter and season after season I don't get any closer to God I don't do any more for God I haven't gotten closer to God in the first year that I lived for him and now it's 20 years later and I haven't grown at all you better get on that altar tonight you better get all those horns tonight and cry out oh let's worship the Lord God, we've got to have an altar. We have an altar. I said, we have an altar. We have an altar. Praise God. Hallelujah. I wasn't going to do this, but I'm going to do it anyhow. Hallelujah. I felt this scripture in my heart. I didn't know if I'd be using it tonight, but I'm going to use it. Hallelujah. Sick and tired of this world. 
I'm sick and tired. Hallelujah. But some of you are fighting with your own flesh tonight. You won't let go. And I'm going to tell you something, husband. I'm going to tell you something, wife. If one of the other discourages you, you just keep on praying. You keep on repenting. Because the kind of repentance I'm talking about, amen, causes some books to be burned. I says it caused some bridges to be burned. Some places that you forsake. Some friends you leave. I want to tell you something. But the more you repent and the closer you get to God, amen, you understand and are thrilled about this new way of life. It's not what, amen, I've got to give up and what I can't do. Oh, but wouldn't it tickle Brother Elder to death if one of you'd walk up here, preacher, let me know, give me a job, give me something I can do. Am I doing all right? But some of you are afraid to ask him that question tonight. You're afraid that he'd point his finger right in your face and tell you, amen, you need to really get down and pray and change your ways and turn around. Hallelujah. It's not what I can't do, but what can I do? I said, what can I do? Bible said, doth not nature itself teach you that if a man have long hair, it's a shame unto him. When I first got the Holy Ghost, had hair way down here. And my brother picked on me. He wasn't even in the church. He said, you're going to have to get a haircut. I said, no, maybe I can get under that Nazarite vow. <laughs> Hallelujah. Riding a Harley Davidson Sportster. In fact, he was fixing to leave the country, the state. But the Holy Ghost had something else to say about that. I went and got my hair cut and got it styled right down to the bottom of the ear. But old brother Milstead was preaching one night. <laughs> he got it. But I fell in love with it. I've never known for 20 years that my ears were so beautiful. <laughs> Hallelujah. I don't know what about the hair, but when I looked in the mirror, I want you to know one night, and no one preached this to me, but I start looking, and I didn't like that old, you know, here and here, and I just started shaving and getting clean and clean shaving, and uh, hallelujah, praise God. I thank God, hallelujah. There's a right way to live and a modest way to look. I'm talking about repentance tonight. Some of you may never be back here tonight, but you can't tell me that I preached to you false doctrine tonight. I preached to you truth. If anything will save your household, it's a household that gets on their knees at an altar and learns how to repent. Amen. But the barbers today are saying, these young kids, they're telling me now to wrap it around their ears instead of cutting it. Give me the bushy effect and the bushy look. Hey, you'd be surprised how much you could find God's favor if you'd get a haircut. Yeah. I mean, it's practical. The Bible's just telling men to be like men and women to be like women. Hallelujah. 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 If the woman have long hair, it's a glory to her. For her hair is given her for a covering. Not a hat, not a veil, but your hair is your covering. And you don't agree with this. You read 1 Corinthians 11 and 10. It said, for this cause ought the women to have power on her head because of the angels. 
something about the long hair on women, not cutting it, not burning it, not biting it, not pulling it and tugging at it. I'm get it off, but I'm going to let it grow because it's my power, it's my glory. The angels look on it. Hallelujah. Where is the church world today? Where is the church? Oh, let's just rip 1 Corinthians 11 out of the Bible. Let's get rid of all holiness scripture. Let's get rid of repentance. Let's just all love Jesus and get in our houses and have our refreshments and go on. I look like the world. But oh, when an apostolic young lady walks down the streets with a dress below her knees, with long hair oh yes regardless of what time of the year I want you to know that gets in their crawl because God is still going to have somebody hallelujah that's living at the altar I said that's partaking with the things at the altar I want to repent. I don't want the world in my life.